Welcome to the show. Um, Hi. What is, you've had a couple different names on here. Um, Your current one is Inherent Fimbo. Um, Weren't you originally Catboy Deleuze? Yeah, but I, I, uh, I always liked Deleuze a lot, but I have my issues with Deleuze. Uh, One of which is that he does not want to think non-being. And well, so that's one of my issues with him. And I, I kept growing into like more, more serious issues to the point where I was like, this would be kind of dishonest if people, you know, they, they uh, run into my account and they're like, oh, like this reflects in any way, you know, what Deleuze can think because I have so many divergences with him. Yeah, that's kind of the problem with like, you know, if you pick like one kind of philosopher with your name and it's like, you know, you want to branch out. You don't want to just be looked at as just a Deleuze account. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And when then it was a uh, Deleuzean, which, which is like fine because it's, it's, it's not like Cat by Deleuze, which was the first one which got suspended. No, then it was just Deleuzean Zembo. Which actually, you know, you can say Delusian and stretch that pretty fucking far. But uh, even then, I have, my divergences are too uh, fundamental with Deleuze. Yeah, I started reading Deleuze. I've, I've been into Deleuze, like, ever since I kind of got into philosophy. Um, but I kind of started reading him a little bit more recently because... I was reading the fourth political theory by Alexander Dugan and he's incredibly prolific in that book. Like he fucking, he stretches from like Deleuze to like, um, uh, Hannah Arendt, uh, like a whole bunch of just, he fucking references like Foucault, like so many fucking people in that book. Um, Julia Savola fucking just like hella fucking people. Like, um, all the way from the left and the right. That's why I fucking. That's why I like his shit because it's like he's not like uh, too ide- ideological with it. You know, like he, he, um, you know, he, he, he's in reading everybody, which is that's how I am. But um, he mentions Deleuze quite a bit in that book, so I was like kind of got interested. I like I had like a, a re, I got like a interested in Deleuze again. I had like a. A revival of my interest in, of, of Deleuze but um um how the hell did you get 21,000 what's the secret to get, getting so many Instagram follows I really have no idea I'm a I'm in general I I don't really think about what I do when I do it I have no idea that's a success you have to not give I, a I, I I don't think well I mean perhaps I guess no idea but yeah yeah when you think about it the if you, Deleuze his 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 thing you know when you read the, the criticisms that a lot of people have of Deleuze uh, you know it's a uh, I, I think the main one is is Badiou who's like uh, pretty serious about his criticism uh, and who says basically uh well, Deleuze is not actually a thinker of being. He claims to be a thinker of being, but no, he's actually a thinker of the one. You know, he says that as you. Um, and that made me kind of wonder uh, what would be wrong with that. 
if it were true. And basically, the issue is, do you equate the one with being or not? Uh, if you don't, then you are doing like a true henology, just like not what Parmenides was doing, which is what Plato was doing. And Badiou, he hates that for some reason. But I believe that uh, really it's the one part of philosophy that has been really neglected in modern philosophy, at least. I mean, there's Sherman who did some, but uh, henology, I, I don't know why uh, it's in such discredit. Uh, I think it's time to return to that because it's essentially a non-binary form of thinking. Anyway, sorry uh, about the parenthesis. Um, no, it's fine, but... Um... Yeah, well, um, okay, I have a whole bunch I could say on that, but I've also was looking at my notes here um, a little bit too. Um, okay, I did just want to ask you too, like, um, you and I just had on, it's so funny because I just had on Schizotopia and mm. my last episode and remember we were in a group chat uh, the three of us and we were gonna all do an episode together but he ended up bailing um because he's like he's been wanting to take a break or some shit of course but that would have been great because mm -hmm. you two have been the i i think the only two people so far that got hit with the fucking joshua cinderella cease and desist letter correct yes cease and desist letter yeah is that's what it is right Oh, what was it? What was it exactly? It's an image of a season. This is letter that was posted to Instagram by uh, me. And then the another one that was posted by Schizotopia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's a cease and desist letter. And it's an image of a cease and desist letter. Hold up. So he, he sent you, Joshua Sorrell sent you a cease and desist letter, correct? I never said anything about that i just posted an image because it's a meme page oh so um i i was i'm under the impression and i think a whole bunch of other people too like you know like i have my friend uh he's also the producer of the show like and we both like uh we like we came to each other and we were talking about it uh so i think like a lot of people are under the impression, like, so are you saying it's not real or? Oh, I'm, let's put it like this. If uh, you posted a season, this, this letter of me saying, sending it to you, everyone would immediately say, that's not real. It's not true. That's not possible. But if I posted one of Joshua, everyone would say, it's true. And that makes it true in itself. Because that means everyone instantly assumes or realizes that this is something true about the person. So the true value of it is really, is it immediately recognized as true or not? Okay, damn. <laughs> okay. Um shit. 
Okay. Because I never said that he sent. I'm not saying he didn't send it. I'm not saying. He okay, sent okay, it. okay. So you're you're saying you're like you're just being safe, like at a legal standpoint. You're trying to be like, look, I'm not saying it's real or not. You're hinting. You're mm-hmm. kind of like wink, wink, right? I'm not saying whether it's real or not. I'm I, saying, I feel you. I'm just saying, if people believe that it's true, that makes it true because they would only believe that it is true. I get the, the ontological fucking whole philosophical thing of it, but like, <laughs> you know, I thought we would discuss it. You know, like, you know, I'm I'm so I'm now seeing that you're you're kind of being philosophical about it and shit. But I'm like, I was I was interested in like learning more about it. Okay, so first of all, have you? I also want to ask: Have you been invited on uh, other podcasts uh, in general, or like to talk about this at all? Uh, not about this. I didn't think we were going to talk about that, but but it's fine. Um, well, yeah, but, I was uh, like, I was like, yeah, I was like, yeah, I would like to talk about that. And you were like, you were like, at first you were like, uh, remember, you were like, no, I'm giving that motherfucker too much clout or whatever. And I was like, yeah, I get it, I get it. And then you were like, no, nah, but I'll do it if we reference it in the in the in the in the form of uh, the vibe shift. We talk about the vibe shift. Right? Yeah, yeah, oh yes, that's that's yes. Yeah, that's, and that then was, we were like, I remember we, that was the deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then <laughs> I was like, I was like, okay, cool. Just we can talk about however you want. You know, I just think this is interesting because listen, one of my first episodes ever was with Joshua Cinderella. We used Ooh. to be good friends. Actually, what yeah, I, I wanted to talk about get, all this, man. You know, did you get uh, did you get a letter from his mother? <laughs> I'm I'm surprised. Like, okay, so this is what I wanted to talk about. Was like, um, oh, it's funny too because like me and his girlfriend. I don't know if they're still dating. Well, I guess they broke up because his, me and his girlfriend were talking for a little bit. <laughs> That's also some more drama. But um, we're not we're not actually we're not even gonna get into that because she's gonna get mad at me if I bring that up. But anyway um not saying any names but uh so we used to be friends and then out of nowhere he unfollowed me and just cut me off as a friend and just quit talking to me out of nowhere and i was like what the fuck you know um so i was like okay fuck this guy and then you know he's also like a lib i think he's like a lib libtard uh anyway uh so i was like fucking whatever you know like we used to be cool but whatever and then you know like a month go by his girlfriend follows me on instagram out of nowhere and i recognize this is his girlfriend and i'm like oh shit you know like so me and her started talking and then um i was like yeah fuck this guy and so i was like so you know but um i don't i think my instagram page is too small to get a cease and desist like you know what i mean like i was thinking yeah like, you know like he, he doesn't give a fuck about me like you have a pretty good sizable instagram page so he really does look at it as like oh well shit you know, if someone this big is talking shit and on me and you're like, you know, like, oh, you're fucking up my money on my Patreon because of my reading list or whatever, which is so yeah, horse shit. Reading list is it was so, so bad. I know. Like, it was <laughs> so, so goofy. The whole argument. It's the Red Scare Girls and like, what, it's the Red Scare Girls and like uh, a movie and what? extracts from capitalist realism. Oh my God. I didn't even know what the fuck the reading list was, yeah. <laughs> I, that's why I wanted to talk about all this, you know, like, because me personally, I don't know much about it in general. So that's why I wanted to talk to you and, and learn more about it. And also, uh, my yeah, audience I knows just, about it generally, and they're very interested. Yeah, I just think it's preying upon people. It's a really, you know, but it, I feel like it's, it's, it, 
it's deeply like enmeshed in American culture. You know the the snake oil salesman. Hell yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Like like and I don't want to criticize that because I think it's so constitutive of American culture, you know, just oh, the guys yeah. go it, it's like the the guy selling Bibles in the nineteenth century, you know? Yeah. Like so so maybe it's 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 like a super American thing and I'm viewing this the right way. But the way it was coming across to me was like, this guy, he, he, he's showing up and he's selling something that's free, you know, to, to, yes. to, 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 to people who like, but they're not actually paying for that stuff. They are paying for access, basically, right? Yeah, like, and it's kind of like the curation of They are paying for the feeding of, of community. Yeah, what? exactly. Like also the cur- the curation of it. Like like all this information is out there, but he's like making it to where like, oh, what you're paying for is me being able to nicely curate it for you and present it in a nice little package for you, right? Like a little like college course or whatever. Not like a college course, but like a little a little study uh packet or whatever. Um, cause yeah. like those, are, those an awkward part of the episode that we did together where I was talking about this and I was like, cause I thought he was doing like college courses on his Patreon or whatever. And I was like, are you doing like college courses? I was like, that's really cool that you're like making like college courses free. He's like, no, it's not that, you know, I, it's like a study packet or whatever. And I was like, I was like, holy, I was almost thinking, cause I don't know much about college. I've never been to college, but, um, I was, I almost thought shit, you know, he was like a professor and you could like get credits or some shit. So he was like, no, <laughs> it's just like a read list and like a little study packet that you can do over the summer and i was like what like <laughs> that's kind of gay or whatever i was like that's kind of stupid that's kind of retarded but uh i didn't ex- explicitly say that but um it was kind of like this little awkward moment on the podcast where he like told me what it was uh this was like maybe like a, a year ago or maybe almost i don't know if it was two years ago but it was definitely about like a year ago um but yeah, okay, so no, but that's also a really interesting point what you're saying too is like how the sale the 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 snake oil salesman is like so um built into like the American psyche of American capitalism and like the culture and maybe of America. it's fine, yeah, maybe it's fine maybe i maybe I reacted to it you know as a as a foreigner and and maybe like people don't see anything wrong with that that you know. It's, 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 it's something normal that you can, like, you, you know, you show up and, and mm. you start selling something that is free. You start, like, for example, you, you can be like a Baptist and start going around selling the word of God. Or you can be like a, a social Democrat and go about selling the word of Mark Fisher uh, to make money off that. Perhaps that is fine. I, there's no uh, value judgment. Right, 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 right. Um, so, I wonder why, why does, do you know, do we know why Schizotopia, I wish he was here so he could fucking explain this as himself, but do we know why he got sent one? What was he doing? I, what, what? I, I don't know about that. I, I, I have no idea. Yeah, fuck, that, like, um, damn, Schizotopia, shout out, but goddamn, you should have been here. But, um, <laughs> yeah, um... So, uh, that's so funny. Uh, the reading list was just like red scare, like, but they don't like, that's not, what was he saying? Like you should listen to them. Cause they don't. It's yeah. Not like a thing and you and, can and there was, yeah, there was, I think also, uh, an Adam Curtis movie, but I'm <laughs> not sure. 
Oh my god, yeah. Adam Curtis. Of course, but, that's I mean, so it's basic. Fine. It's, I mean, it's, yeah, but but it's fine. It like, is. It's you fine. got to, you know, you, you you. But even then, I was going to say something that might be stupid. I was going to say you got to start somewhere. But is that even true? Like, is that true in terms of, like, because I think the way people see it, they, they, they think about politics as a, in a almost gnostic sense, you know, uh-huh. that, 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 that you start with the, the watered down stuff and then you progress. Uh, I don't know if that's true. I don't know if yes, the, the, I you have to, all the time to start well. basic. Do exactly. you have to start with the basic shit? Uh, probably not. Probably not if you think about it correctly, because... There's no reason to start with suck them and liberal stuff uh-huh. and then like move further left, which is basically a, a way to think of it in terms of radicalization as if like, the, which is thinking of it in terms of the political compass, basically, which is, I, I think, completely absurd. If you want to ask questions about capital and about uh, communism, uh, you, you can start with maths. There's just nothing that stops you from doing that. Yeah, exactly. So, like, here, my, my example is I always say, okay, because, like, capitalist realism, you know, me and Josh Rosero, we even really, you know, like, uh, uh, we were even a big part of the whole, um, you know, like, when we did that episode together, you know, like, that got a lot of views, and that was really a part of the whole canon of, of uh, the capitalist realism meme and how that blew up. You know, so like we were, we, we kind of played a little bit of a role in like the, the, how the capitalist realism meme like blew up in general. But I always said was like, okay, capitalist realism is like this popular thing and it is kind of like a good starting point. And I always said like the four uh, yeah. theory, the four political theory is like a step up from capitalist isn't that, realism. That's the fascist, isn't that fascist stuff? The fourth political theory by Alexander Dugan? Yeah, isn't that okay? So, so if you look at Wikipedia, which is a horrible libtarded bullshit, they will try to call Alexander Dugan a fascist, but he's not. He actually, if you read the fucking book, which no one fucking does, you actually like, especially not the people who wrote Alexander Dugan's Wikipedia uh, art page. He he actually explicitly says that he uh, is against fascism. Um, uh, uh, he's like, I'm against fascism, I'm against communism, because those are both ways, this is a, almost a, a word-by-word quote, uh, he says, I'm against fascism and I'm against communism because those are both ways of attacking liberalism from the past. I want to attack liberalism from the future. So that's what the fourth political theory is, is the first political theory is liberalism, which is the oldest and most prevalent today because that's what we still have today. And it won. And the second one is communism. Third is fascism, right? And communism, fascism both failed against liberalism. And he wants to come up with the fourth political theory, uh, the fourth political theory, which can, uh, you know, uh, be finally be uh, liberalism, which is the first political theory, right? So – that's my yeah. thing. It's like that's what capitalist realism is about. Capitalist realism is a critique of liberalism, or in other words, neoliberalism. Those are kind of interchangeable. Uh, liberalism and neoliberalism. You know what I mean? I don't know if that's true, but okay. Well, liberalism has a number. Uh, liberalism in general can have like multiple meanings, but but uh, like a lot of the times, like okay, so when Alexander Dugan says liberalism, he means neoliberalism, really. Yeah, um, I don't it, know like what, okay, so that's the thing with these words. About. It's complicated because they don't have solid definitions. That's the thing with structuralism and uh, yeah, you know, post-structuralism think, and shit like that. To think about neoliberalism is to think about it as 
a displacement of the economic sphere. It's that liberalism, it's really about uh, setting apart a theoretical field that can be identified as the field of economics. And neoliberalism is about basically dissolving that field in the entirety of human existence and uh, view the human presence on earth as an economic question, which is in the world of biopolitics, etc. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you have read Capitalist Realism, correct? A uh, while ago. Yeah, 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 of course. Okay, yeah, yeah, same. Um, but, um, yeah, but, like, 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 even Mark Fisher in that book, like, there's a few parts where he'll, like, say liberalism when he's talking about neoliberalism, you know, because it's, like, it's, like, um, it's, it's, it's kind of complicated. I, I, I try to, I try to explain this to my followers quite a bit because I use these terms a lot and the the thing is they are kind of interchangeable and like like alexander dugan and mark fisher um and me and myself you know we kind of use them interchangeably um and it's like sometimes i'll just say liberalism because it's just like neoliberalism okay so like what mark fisher is really good at encapsulating in his, in his writing is how neoliberalism is so encompassing that uh it it, it it goes across every fucking thing in life, even our culture yes. and our psyche and our mental because health. Because you, you, you must understand neoliberalism this way in the sense that neoliberalism is a theory of state intervention that does not want to intervene on the economy in order to intervene on the economy. That is to say, the, the, the basic tenet of neoliberalism is that you cannot intervene on the economy and that if you want to intervene on the economy, you must intervene on everything that is not the economy. And thus, neoliberalism is a practice of, of governmentality that has an economic end and which exclusively intervenes on everything not economic for economic reasons. Thus, it's really the moment in history where capital passes into the totality of human experience. Yes, that, that, that was put very well, actually. And like, okay, so I even want to quote Alexander Dugan um, uh, because uh, this is, you know, I, I love telling people about Alexander Dugan because he is the prime example of American fucking liberal cap propaganda and how they, like you, like, you even asked me, you said, is he a fascist? And it blows my fucking mind that the propaganda is I mean, is that he's strong. a Heideggerian. So to me, a he, Heideggerian he, has he, to he, prove he, that he's he not a fascist. He is so prolific, bro. No, dude, here, here's the thing. He doesn't just he, – he's not – like, dude, he, he references so many people. Heidegger is so um, – uh, you know, Heidegger you, – like, you can't talk about this shit without mentioning Heidegger a couple of times. You know what I mean? Like, so it's like he, 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 does, he does talk about Heidegger, but he, I, don't, I don't know if he's a full-blown Heideggerian, right? Um, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um i'm looking but for yeah. this okay go ahead go ahead but yeah back to the, the the question of i i think the question we were asking before uh, is do we think it's okay to turn let's say uh i will use the term in a in a stupid way the that that you can turn anti-capitalist uh, theory into a commodity. That, that, I think that's the question that Joshua Siderell arises. It's, 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 it's the question of, you know, you, do you sep how do you separate, okay, getting paid in order just to be able to live to, uh, you know, 
uh, produce uh, whatever communist socialist theory, whatever. How do you separate that from really commodifying uh, anti-capitalism, fr from peddling anti-capitalism as a merchandise? And I think that uh, George Fasilvela is basically situated, was at first situated as a, at a threshold of indeterminacy between these two spheres, and that now he's really passed into the, the commodity sphere, and, but that this allows not, not a reflection on Joshua Ciderella, but a reflection, I guess, on theory and, and capitalism in the time of their commodification. Like, how do you think uh, outside of capitalism, when anti-capitalism has become a commodity, and which is a movement of which Joshua Ciderella is a prime example? Yes. Okay. So like, this is like saying, um, you know, whenever, uh, you know, we, they, they try to sell us back our own descent. So it's like, how can you like, it's like, it's like Che Guevara t-shirts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, exactly. You, you've exactly. got to find a way to separate that from like people who have to earn a living in order to like enter into a state of struggle against capital. But, and, and there has to be a way to, uh, let's say, to distinguish between the merchant of anti-capitalism, you know, and the anti-capitalist, I guess. Because I think the main commodity of late capitalism is anti-capitalism. Yeah, 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 yeah. We, okay, you know, that's what's funny, though, is that's the thing, is this is like, Joshua Cinderella is like this rich white dude in New York, like artist. Um, all artists are rich kids because um, he's originally an artist. Um, it's so crazy oh. that me, me and this guy used to be friends. And it's so funny to look at like the trajectory of where we both uh, have grown politically and philosophically. Um, and even like our, <laughs> our own little personal brands um, and how they've diverged. Um, it's so interesting, but anyway, um, and it's so crazy too, to talk about this history too, because like a lot of like my new listeners, um, my OG ones, they know, but like, that's not, there's honestly not a lot of those, but, uh, a lot of my news listeners, like they'll have no idea that, uh, Joshua Cirello was my first, uh, podcast guest, uh, on the, on, on my show here. Um, but, so um, I think, yeah. So I think like one of the tasks of thought right now is is basically to, to be able to distinguish between like anti-capitalism and the commodity of anti-capitalism, which is basically the task of distinguishing between the philosopher and the sophist in the end, you know? Yes. So, so, so this isn't really about Joe Ciderella. It's, I mean, it's, 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 it, he raises a question and, and uh, we should be thankful uh, for that like he allows to ask a question, which is really the question of, can you distinguish between anti-capitalism as a commodity and let's say whatever that means, actual anti-capitalism. Right, right, right. Cause it's like this idea of like, um, there's this quote by uh, Boots Riley uh, that I always liked because he has this book, uh, sorry, one well, this book. He has this movie, Sorry to Bother you. Are you. Are you familiar with this? Mm, nope. Okay, anyway, uh, you should watch it. It's pretty good. Anyway, sorry to bother you. It's just like, it's this fucking movie 
uh, and it's like it's like one of the movies of like anti-capitalism you know what i mean it's like a movie about fucking capitalism anyway it's pretty good i used to be obsessed with it i really loved it i really loved boots riley um that was more when i was on my bernie sanders fucking bullshit like dirt by last bullshit but that was just because the culture was different back then and this was before bernie sanders was a full-blown uh uh libtard like he is now because like i also want to talk about uh because, you know, like current, I talk about current, I throw a little bit of current news shit in here um, just so you know, to inform my followers. So recently, Bernie Sanders was one of the Democrats who voted for a fucking like, um, I don't know how much, like seven billion dollar uh, worth of fucking um, weapons and shit to be sent to Ukraine um, because they're f- uh, fueling this fucking war between Russia and Ukraine. Um, and Bernie Sanders, of course, is a pro fuck uh, is pro war because he he voted yes to send all that fucking money into this fucking war, which is all of it's doing is killing more and more Ukrainians because they're not gonna fucking win. Russia is is uh, going. I mean, they're 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 just dominating them. Um, and Ukrainians are fucking full blown Nazis. There's literally fucking proof of this. But you know, I'm kind of jumping off topic here. But um. Uh, so sorry to bother you, uh, uh, a movie anti-capitalism. And, and so Boots Riley got hit with this question of, oh, you know, you know, you, you have a movie where you're critiquing capitalism, but yet your move, you have to sell your movie and your movie is working in the system of capital of capital. And you had to, you know, like pay people and fucking you know you're selling this movie you know so it's like is like uh how do you feel about that and he said oh well you know even marx himself had to sell his books that's right. true and it's been it's been addressed in marx. that's why the question has to be asked uh, in in a different way entirely it, it can't be about the fact of getting paid and, and marx he he made uh, that argument about uh, uh, john milton you know with John Milton, you know, he, he writes Paradise Lost, right? And at the end, he goes to the editor, he sells that for five pounds. And so Marx says, so what's the difference here? Well, you see, the question you have to ask it in terms of MCM or CMC. That is to say, uh, does Milton ha- take capital, invest it to produce Paradise Lost, and then get a return on his investment? No, that's not what he does right? Uh, uh, John Milton writes uh, Paradise Lost, sells it in order to buy food. Uh, that is mm-hmm. a proletarian way of, of going about it. But now, uh, Joshua Cerebrella, he has capital that people invest in his stuff, right? They, they, they gather capital right. as an investment, and then they produce a commodity, uh, anti-capitalism, to be consumed, and they get capital back at the end. Now, that's capital, merchandise capital. That's a, the capitalist way of doing that. It's, it's, it, it's the difference between how a proletarian does it and how a capitalist does it. The capitalist starts with capital, mm. which is what Joshua Cederella does. They say, invest in my thing, you know, like exactly. NFTs start with an investment. Then we will produce anti-capitalism and you can buy it back. Now, that is the CMC equation. Yeah. That's the capitalist way of doing. Real deal Marxists that actually read capital, they know what we're talking about here, which is because Marx actually breaks it down 
to like its bare raw form where he does little equations where it's like, you know, you start with capital um, and then like little equations like M start with capital you fucking you know you add like the labor yeah. and you make uh, you make profits or whatever yeah but uh, when you are a worker you, you you create something then you sell it exactly and then you, exactly. you buy something with the money that is and when you're a capitalist you take capital you you get someone to produce something and then you sell that now that's what i'm saying joshua Cirella, he's starting with capital he's yes. not starting with anti-capitalism and this is, I love that you mentioned this because this is exactly the difference between me and him and also me and the, re- and, and the, mo- and the rest of this fucking, because what I realized is I fucked myself. I've picked the wrong thing to, to get into for being a poor kid because um, we, like, uh, that's why they always say but getting into politics and shit is a rich man's uh, thing because you have like that's the thing about you just have to be that's the thing that's the only reason why i've been able to survive this because i'm so fucking cold at this shit that people fuck with me because i've started with nothing i literally had to like write blogs and shit um and slowly and slowly and slowly build enough money on patreon just to buy my fucking mic my little hundred dollar blue yeti mic um mm-hmm. saved up enough money on patreon to then buy because i started with nothing that's the thing with Joshua Cinderella is he's already a rich kid. You know what I mean? It's not that question. It's the question of the investment. Even if he was completely broke, if he got people to invest, let's say what happened in his case was $700,000, right? The, the, the investment. Uh, it's, it's the idea that you start with a fixed amount of capital. You use that to put something to get capital in the end. And, and, you, you will notice the difference here is that this is an infinite process. And uh, you, he, if, if, if in the case of, a, of let's say, revolution or whatever, uh, he, he's going to go bankrupt. Oh, see, it's not in his best interest. Hmm. It's, it's really, it, it's as soon as you get in CMC equation, uh, a revolution is absolutely not in your interest because you're going to lose all of your investment. Right, kind of like the NFT shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which, uh, yeah, NFT shit was so retarded. But, um, uh, but no, I think what I was just saying is also more of like metaphorical too. How like, mm-hmm. um, it's uh, it's just funny how, um, me and him are both doing our grift, right? We are both. <laughs> we are both. Look, we're both saying, okay, here's our patreons, right? And, um, you know, like, uh, you subscribe to our Patreon with mine. It's just, you just get my writings and, um, my podcast episodes. I'm not trying to say that, Oh, you get a reading list that I put together in a little, a little, uh, paper, a little, a little, like a course <laughs> you can do over the summer or whatever. Um, like, uh, like a little, like, I forgot what the fuck he called it. Like a little course or whatever that he put together, you know, where it's like questions and shit and little reading, read things you read and i think there's like questions and shit to go along with it or some shit but um you know um but like we're both doing our thing at the basis of it which is like we're we have a patreon set up and this is what's interesting about um uh our modern our modern um cultural theorists uh and how it's a different from back in the day and like today we have like patreon like patreon is so interesting to me and it's like it, 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 but here's the thing the thing is, is like we're both doing our thing but 
I'm poor as fuck and I literally am trying to, you know, uh, eventually I want to do this as a, you know, full time, you know what I mean? And like, uh, <laughs> he's doing his thing. Um, and, uh, like, like people even talk shit on me for making money off this shit. You know what I mean? And like, um, hmm. like they, like it, it's so weird because when Joshua Cinderella does it, it's fine. Even though he doesn't need it nearly as, he doesn't need it. Like not in the, even the same fucking universe as the way I need it. You know what I mean? Like I need it. It can be fucking life. You know what I mean? Like the way, like literally like, uh, having electricity, you know what I mean? Like having a place to fucking live. You know what I mean? Like I, I, yeah. like my Patreon money goes to my rent. You know what I mean? Like, like, like uh, Joshua and Cinderella, he does his whole thing and, and it's not nearly like a life or death situation like mine is, but I don't know, I guess, but like the thing is, is like, it's just weird how people talk shit on me, like, like mm -hmm. uh, using my platform to make money. It's, I don't get it. Yeah, I think, again, it's, it's really a question of MCM or CMC equation. Uh, but, but again, I mean, the, 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 the individual is of no concern to me. It's, it's more about the question that he, that he allows us to ask, really. Because it's such, I think it's a crucial question today. I mean, it's, it's, it's when you, when you are in a stage of capitalism, as we said earlier, neoliberalism, it's the moment when the economy passes into everything that is non-economy, right? right. So that's the neoliberal moment. Now, now Joshua Cetarella, he's standing right in, right in that moment, at, in a moment where it becomes kind of impossible to tell between a commodity and anti-capitalism. That is to say, everything that is marketed to you is marketed to you almost exclusively as non-capitalistic. That's like the the hipster coffee shop, etc. It's, it's, uh, it's stuff that. What? Oh no! I was like, I was like laughing because, like, like I thought that was like I was just saying, like, yeah, like that's. I was just saying, like, oh shit, like that's that's real shit, like because when you mentioned yeah. the hipster coffee shop. It's how is it marketed? It's marketed as authentic, as non-capitalistic. Exactly. You exactly. wash your own dishes. And, 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 and what I mean is we are in now a situation where the, 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 let's say the main marketing argument of capital is that it is not capitalistic. And at that moment, how do you think struggle uh, when it has become itself a commodity. Exactly. I, yeah, so, no. so, so, so that's the question that Joshua Citarella allows us to ask. And I think the, uh, it's, he, he really like, is a great occasion to reflect on that because you need a conceptual character in order to raise a question. You almost always need some kind of figure to ask a question. It's like the question of, of nihilism for, for, for Nietzsche. Like, he's going to need Wagner, he's going to need Plato. So let's say we take Joshua Siddhartha in our case, uh, like to ask, the, to, to, to like put him on a little stage and have him like jump around and like knowing very well that this is not the actual Joshua Siddhartha that we're just playing with like a, mm -hmm. 
with a character, but Joshua Cirilla, we put him on that stage and we, we look at what he's doing and we need to be able to, to put, let's say, Marx next to him and to put uh, a used car salesman also on the stage and be able to tell the three of them apart. Right? Ah. And, and, or at least to, to, to see in which category Joshua Cirilla falls. Right? Yeah. It, does this fall in the category Marx or in the category used car salesman? And the way to do that is basically to ask, what is a used car salesman? Right. And what, what is, let's say, a, a Marxist or a communist? Now, I don't think we're going to define what is a Marxist or what is a communist, but we could very well define what is a used car salesman and then see if Joshua Cedrilla is doing that, you know? Right. That's a really good analogy, a used car salesman. <laughs> this is only half of the episode. To get the full episode and all of our other episodes, go to patreon.com slash drug cult gang.